Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. This afternoon, I would like to talk about our spiritual life together. And after we accept Jesus Christ, it's the will of God for all of us to grow up, to move forward higher and higher, to become mature Christians, to have more anointing, more wisdom, more of the knowledge of God. He wants us to move from glory to glory to glory until we become like Jesus Christ. The reason he wants us to do that because number one, he wants us to be his ambassador on this planet Earth. When people look at you and me, they will see Jesus in you and me. And they will say, wow, I want to know Jesus too. That Man is so kind, so generous, so patient, so much faith. When that man pray, wow, God answer. I want to know you, Jesus, because you are like Jesus on earth. You are his representative on earth here. That's why he wants you to grow and become more like Jesus Christ. It's like the airplane, take off, keep going higher and higher instead of going downhill. You're going to go higher and higher in your spiritual walk. And that's my goal, my plan, my really purpose of life that I'll keep growing and growing as years go by. I don't want to be stagnant. I don't want to be the same. I wrote a sermon many years ago, maybe 15 years ago, and never preached that sermon. That sermon is called The Stent of Stagnation. Do you know the word stench means? Stench means bad smell. When Christians go downhill or stay stagnant, it's like a dead cow. No progression. What happened to dead cow? Lie on the ground, smelling and stay still. No movement. We don't want to be like a dead eagle or we don't want to be like a dead lion. We should be the eagle that rises up higher and higher. We want to grow more and more in our spiritual walk. Amen? I want to challenge all of you to set that goal that from today on, you will not stay stagnant. You're going to keep growing and growing and become more and more like Jesus Christ. The reason we want to do that because we love Him so much. He died for us. We want to give glory to Him. We want to be His good representative. When people see us, they will put the thumb up for Jesus. I remember when I first came to America at Harborview Hospital, I was a resident and I was standing at the x-ray box and watch, uh, look at the x-ray film of my patient and about three surgeons standing with me, all American surgeons, white American surgeons. And they began to talk bad about church, about preacher in America in 1980-something. At that time, two Evangelists in the TV got arrested and went to jail because they cheated money and committed adultery. When I heard that, 
from their mouth, these American doctors, I was hurt that my Jesus was looked down by these American doctors in the hospital. And they say to my heart, I'm not going to be that preacher who makes Jesus really lose his reputation. I want to be a godly man so that people will put them up for Jesus Christ. Amen? So that should be our goal. Not only that, we want to give glory to Jesus. We should grow up because number two, when you grow up more, you become stronger in your love, stronger in your faith, in kindness and mercy and wisdom and grace and favor and power and uh, the anointing and all kinds of spiritual gifts. When you grow more, you can help more people. And not only that, you shall be strong and victorious. You shall be more than the conquerors. Everywhere you go, you are the victor. You are not the victim. Everywhere you go, you bring blessing, just like Joseph. When Joseph was in Potiphar's house, the Bible said that the whole household was blessed to the point that Potiphar can sit on the couch and watch TV all day long and do nothing. Because Joseph's hand, everything he touched, it was successful. The boss just sit around and now happy, happy. Because Joseph brought the blessing and victory and prosperity to that house. When he went, in, went into jail, like the same thing, the jailer, ah, Joseph, now you take care of the whole jail. I just sit, relax, and watch Thai movie, Thai Lakot. No, I'm sick kidding. <laughs> or the drama movie in the TV now. I don't have to do anything. We want to be that person. We want to be blessed and victorious. And everywhere we go, we shine the light of God. We are the salt of this world. Is that right? Number three, the reason God wants us to really grow up spiritually and become strong believers, mature believers, keep growing up and up, because we think about next generation. The Bible talks about the blessing of Abraham that will flow down to the thousand generations. When you are strong Christians, you love God, you are faithful to God. The blessing of God is going to flow down into your kids, grandkids, great-grandkids to the thousand generations. I want to be a mature Christian because I want my wife to be blessed. Because if she is around a mature husband, strong in spirit husband, she will be blessed. My children are blessed. My grandchildren are blessed. And my great-grandchildren shall be blessed because I open heaven over their life. Because I love God and God is very pleased with me. He's going to pour his blessing upon me, upon my family, upon my next generation. How many people want that? How many people want to be victorious? How many people want to represent Jesus Christ on earth here? How many people want to see the blessing go down to the next generation? Amen. So we need to make a decision to grow spiritually. Last one. The reason we need to grow spiritually and become strong Christian because one day our spirit and our new body will spend eternity in heaven. We will be with Jesus in heaven. What you do, what you say, your motive, 
your attitude, your lifestyle, how you spend money, how you spend time and energy, why you are breathing on this earth, why your heart still beating, will determine what kind of mansion you have in heaven. Will determine what kind of crown you have on your head when you get to heaven. Will determine. What kind of rewards you shall have for eternity? No rust can destroy. No bacteria and virus can destroy your reward because your rewards will be eternal in heaven. How much glory in heaven you're going to have? In heaven, we all going to have different level of glory. Some of us will be like a bright star. Some of us will be like a dark star. I don't want to be a dark star. I want to be bright in heaven. I want Jesus to give me big crowds, all kind of crowds, the crowds of righteousness, the crowds of glory. And I want to have a big mansion next door to pass it down, big mansion too. We're going to both have big mansions in heaven. And I believe many of you can have big mansion close to me too. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So, do you know, once you stop breathing, when your heart stops beating, it's over. You don't have the second chance. The Bible says in the book of Hebrew, chapter 9, verse 27, after a man dies, it's a time to face judgment. So you have only one chance to how to spend time, how to spend energy on earth here. You should not just only think about big house in Wow, the houses in Arizona are so nice. Wow, and not expensive like in Washington. I asked the pastor how much your house costs. Wow, compared to Washington, it's nothing. Really. And I was talking to Pastor Da, maybe we should be a snowbird. Wow, the house is so big here, so nice. Wow, people in, in Arizona want me to be a snowbird now. I come here maybe three or four months a year. My brother and sister, that house compared to the house in heaven, uncomparable. Really. Once you die, it's over. Your rewards, how big your mansion is, how much glory you have in heaven, how many rewards in heaven, how big your mansion is in heaven, will be determined and done and no second chance. Therefore, don't just keep your eyes on the thing below here. All the things below are going to be burned up. But one day, you're going to be in heaven for eternity. And the rewards and the mansion in heaven that you have will be determined, will be decided according to what you have done on this earth. Actually, I can read one scripture. It's not in the PowerPoint. The Bible says in the book of Revelation 22, say, Look, I am coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. I want all of you to think about eternity. Keep your eyes on the things above. Don't just the things on earth here. If people mis- disappoint you, run away from you, run away from church, hey, 
fight with me? Are I going to keep serving? Because my eyes are on above. I going to have rewards in heaven. I God, even you get persecuted more, you're going to get more rewards. Actually, that's what the Bible say in Matthew chapter 5, say that blessed are those who are persecuted for the name of Jesus Christ. If people reject you, thank God, bless you, bless you, I get more reward. Amen? You need to think this way, because I serve God faithfully. Don't worry. Amen? So I want to encourage all of you, really, keep growing. Keep being faithful. Use of God. Let God use you. The Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 1 to 2, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy. How many of you experience God's mercy? Raise your hand up. Do you think that Jesus went to the cross, get crucified, shed his blood? Is that the mercy of God? Every time you look at the cross, do you think that God... Is merciful to you. The Son of God died for you. Wow. You don't have to die in hell. You don't have to face the second death in hell. He died for you so that you don't need to go to hell. He is so merciful. I remember when I got to America and I got a job at University of Washington. I was saying, God, you're so merciful to me. I have a job here. And then I got a job in my clinic called Neurological Associate of Washington. When I got that job, God, you're so merciful to me. This Thai man from Thailand, from Bangkok, got a job in Bellevue. God, you're so merciful to me. And when I come into relationship with the Desert Revival Church in Arizona, I feel that this is mercy of God to get to know. I want to really compliment the brother and sister in the Desert Revival Church. This church is so full of good people, Amen. committed Amen. people, faithful people, all these people. Amen. Pastor Lima and Pastor Mary May are so blessed to have good people. Amen. If I can choose to be a pastor, I, I'm happy to be here too. <laughs> you have so good people here. Amen? Amen. This is the mercy of God to you, Pastor. It's the mercy of God. In view of God's mercy. Now you're going to respond to God's mercy. How do you respond? Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy, pleasing to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. My dear brother and sister, if you really appreciate and are thankful toward the mercy of God, you would do like me in 1985. I knelt down at the, beside my bed and say, God, you're so good to me. You let me marry a godly woman. You Save me from sin and bondage. You love me. You sent American missionary to preach the gospel to me. You now give me an opportunity to come to America to be trained. I knelt down that day. This is a true story. After I got a job in Washington to be trained to be a neurosurgeon, I knelt down and said, God, I give my life to you. 
You can use me anything. Tell me, this whole life belongs to you now. Use me. Tell me. I will always say, yes, Lord. I will do it. I will not argue. I will not use all kinds of excuses. I will do it for you. I give my life to you as a living sacrifice, and then my really good journey start. Really good. I love it. God start to use me, anoint me, start the church, and we have gone to church every Sunday. We serve the Lord in the church, and we can see that we are in the journey into the promised land, the land the flow with honey and milk, and. We really have been blessed because we gave our life to God, and as a living sacrifice on the altar, He sent the fire to burn me, to get the junk out of me, <laughs> and He keep changing me, and I keep progressing from glory to glory to glory, and I really see that this is wonderful journey to get into the destiny that God has for my life. In fact. Many days ago, I was talking to God. God, I'm not afraid of dying anymore. If you take my life to heaven today, I'm not afraid of death, because I have run my race, have done everything you call me to do. But hopefully, you don't take me though. I want to still continue to stay and serve you, but I'm not afraid of dying anymore, because I know and I know every single day of my life since 1985. I have done everything that you call me to do. I'm an obedient child of God, and I keep growing and progressing to the next level. I never stop growing. I don't want to become a stagnant cow on the ground. I keep moving on, keep growing and growing in the way of God. Now, we need to really understand that: Is it possible for a Christian? To stay the same for years and years and become stagnant. Do you believe that Christian can stay the same for years and years? Yeah. Do you believe that Christian can just quest the l a whatever will be will be for years and never grow? It they can. And another thing, can Christian go downhill? Can Christian instead of going forward? Or even stagnant, Christian can go backward, cold, lukewarm. Can Christian become lukewarm? The Bible says in the Book of Revelation, "Don't be lukewarm." Can Christian stay stagnant? Yes. Therefore, First John chapter two verse fourteen, I have written to you, fathers. He talked to older men in the church, because you have known him. Jesus, who is from the beginning, I have written to you, young men. Now we talk to young men and women in the church, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. In order for all of us to keep growing, keep progressing, keep getting higher and higher, like an eagle that fly higher and higher, we need. The word of God, the Bible said, the word of God abides in you. I beg all of you, please read the Bible every day. Amen. 
I just have a conversation with the leaders in the Desert Revival Church that, why don't you do this? From now on, arrange and organize that your members will listen to one series of teaching in the internet and come back to discuss what you learn. In my care group at home, the members in the care group listen to one sermon and come back on Friday for care group and we discuss what we learn. Each person give one point what you learn. Because we want our members to be in the Word of God, read the Bible, listen to good teaching, being in the Word of God all the time, every single day. Because that is the way you're going to keep growing and growing. The Word of God is like a medicine. The Word of God is a spiritual food. The Word of God will help you renew your mind. The Bible says a while ago, when I read a while ago, do not conform any longer to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What renew your mind? The Word of God. In order to protect yourself from being stagnant, look warm and go downhill. This way, not that way. You need to be in the Word of God. Because otherwise, the devil going to give you some wrong ideas. Otherwise, your flesh going to tell you what to do. Otherwise, the world, the news, going to tell you what to do instead of what the Word of God tells you what to do. We need to be in the Word of God in order to protect ourselves from going downhill. Amen? Stay in the Word. Listen to the Word. Read the Word. Study the Word. Go to church every Sunday. Listen to the preaching. Go to the care group. Discuss the Bible together. Read the Bible and memorize the Bible. Memorize and meditate on the Word of God. Stay in the Word of God all the time. The Lord Jesus Christ talked about four kinds of soil. Let me read to you Matthew 13, 19 to 23. I pray and I hope that all of you in this room are good soil. I cannot force you. You make your own choice what kind of soil you have. You are. What kind of heart? The soil is the heart. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The first soil is like a cement path. The seed drop, no root, the bird come and snatch away. These are people who reject the word of God rejects the gospel, the love of Jesus. They don't want to be a Christian. They just say bye-bye to church, say bye-bye to Jesus. In this meeting, we are not talking about that group of people because they are non-believers. They are people who reject the goodness of God. But we're going to talk about the, the other three kinds here. Look at verse 20. The one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word. And at once, you notice that the word hear and the word the word. This is how God really helped you. He tried to put the word in you by getting somebody like me or your pastor to preach to you. Or you can listen to teaching in the 
internet or in the CD or MP3. God wants to sow the word into your heart, and you need to hear. Everyone say, "Hear the word." Everyone say, "My heart is about ear and heart, and listen and get in." But the heart's condition dictate what can happen to your life, your future. Okay, the one who received the seed. That fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word, at once receive it with joy. Get excited about going to church and become a Christian, but since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word. But the worries of this life, worries about COVID-19, being infected, death from pandemic, worries about your study at university, worries about finding a job, worries that if you come to church you may not find a girlfriend. I rather go to the golf golf course and play golf with somebody so I can find a woman. Worries about finding a job, salary. Worries about not having enough sleep on Sunday morning to come to church. Worries about paying your gas money to drive to church. Worries, worry, worries, and the deceitful of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil—Are you good soil? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. You good soil? Yes. Okay. Some of you are not sure. You look like, uh, okay. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word. You need to hear the word. Okay, read the Bible loudly. Read the Bible to yourself. Listen to good preaching, and understands it. He produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, thirty times what was sown. My brother and sister, after we become a Christian, the devil will not want us to walk with God. The devil want us to keep up faith, or maybe we don't keep up faith, but we just Stay stagnant. We don't want to move on any longer. And one way that he tried to really stop us is persecution. Persecution and hardships, troubles, disappointments. Maybe you were mistreated by a church and you get upset and you don't want to go back to the church anymore. Persecution can be different forms. The Bible says in Matthew five ten to twelve, "Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven." You want kingdom of heaven to be open over you? You will not give up when you face persecution. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward in heaven, for they persecuted the prophets who were before you. My brothers and sisters, persecution is normal. 
some of your friends they laugh at you. And right now, the persecution is different from the time of Roman Empire. I remember I went to Rome. I was standing in the Colosseum. I look at the Colosseum, and God reminded me. You remember, my people in the time of Paul and Jesus and Peter, they were killed by lions in there. I look at that Colosseum. This is in Rome. They were killed. Some of them were crucified and burned in front of public in the Colosseum. Wow. Some of them were put in jail. The devil know that in America, if somebody pulled a gun out to kill you on the street because you're a Christian, they're going to be in trouble. They cannot just come out and kill you in America. Maybe in third world country, they can kill you. Maybe in a Muslim country, some people can pull the gun out and shoot you, and the government say bye-bye. It's okay. But now the persecution is something else. COVID-19. They come in the form of, oh, you're going to go to church. Oh, you're going to die because of COVID-19. You need to be scared. COVID-19 is bigger than my God now. This happened in the church in America right now. People are so scared of going to church. We got persecuted by the virus, not by the Roman soldiers. We need to rise up and say, no, I'm going to continue to worship God and serve God, and I'm going to continue to go to church and go to care group and serve the Lord. Yes. Amen? Yes. We are not going to be affected by this fear of the COVID-19. Amen? Amen? Yes, we need to do our part, wash our hands, social distancing, put our mask on, all this thing. It's okay. But we should not be afraid of the COVID-19 in following Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Matthew thirteen twenty two. The seed that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the, the word of God, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. So no fruit is produced. I would like to warn all of you, don't let the worries of this world stop you from serving the Lord. Not let money stop you from serving the Lord. Don't let the worry of your education stop you serving the Lord. Do you know why? God is your source. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Almighty God who is generous to you. The person that you want to please the most in your life is the Almighty God. Money is not your answer. You can have money, but you fail. Job is not the answer. It's not your source. Your company is not your source. Your education is not your source. The source of every good thing is from above, Amen. from God. Therefore, please the Lord. Don't miss church. Read the Bible. Use your gift and your talent to serve the Lord. Keep growing. Keep yourself in the Word. Love the Holy Spirit. Amen. Being on fire. Yes. Never stop growing. Keep moving up and up and up. Amen? Amen? And I have seen this in my life. So many people in the world who really pursue God 
God bless them in a supernatural and gracious way. Amen? I would like to really remind you, I'm concerned about young people in America. Sometimes you grow up in a church. After you've done with your parents, 18 years old, you leave, and then you stop going to church. You don't care anymore. Oh, now I'm free. I can enjoy my life now. I can enjoy golfing and playing and doing things. That is a big mistake. Because God is your source. You, it's not about your parents. It's about God. You need to please God. Amen? Amen. So no matter what happens, you're going to seek the kingdom of God first. Yeah. And you're going to keep growing and growing and using your gift to the end until Jesus comes back. Yeah. Don't let the devil and the system of the world really deceive you to go into the easy life, lukewarm life, and you're going to miss the rewards in heaven. And you may even one day say no to God and you don't go to heaven. Can people lose salvation? Yes. If you're not careful, you keep going downhill, eventually you will lose your salvation. That's why I like what the Bible says in the book of Philippians. Work out your salvation. What does it mean when you go to a gym and work out? You live weight. You have to do something to keep your salvation. Go to church, read the Bible, serving God, go to care group. And I and Pastor Da have been a Christian for 40 years now. We still do the same thing to today. Senior pastor, still go to church, still go to care group, still read the Bible, still pray. We pray in tongue every day. We pray in tongue every day. We travel, we serve people, we visit people, we give counseling to people, we still give tithe. We do everything the Bible says. We never stop all these years. Because we know that my spiritual life is so important. Amen. You remember 3 John 2? I pray that you shall prosper in all things and in good health as your soul prospers. Amen. How are you going to prosper financially? How are you going to stay healthy? Your soul, your spirit must be prosperous. Because if your spirit prosper, everything else prosper. Your job your finances, your health, your relationship, your marriage, your parenting, everything will prosper because your soul prospers. Your spirit must be very strong and healthy. That's why I proclaimed last Sunday in New Hope, in-person meeting in the church is essential. Because if you don't do that, your soul starts to go downhill, eventually you're going to get sick. Eventually, you're going to be in trouble financially. Eventually, you're going to get into trouble in your marriage. Things going to fall apart if your spirit is weak. You need to be strong. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 8, verses 12 to 13. I'm almost done. When you sin against your brothers in this way and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again, so that I will not cause him to fall. Mark chapter 9, 42. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck 
and he were thrown into the sea. One of the reasons that we fall away and stop serving God, because we are stumbled by somebody else's weaknesses and mistakes. The Bible commands us not to cause other people to stumble. That's why Pastor Da and I watch our life carefully. We really careful how we talk, how we live, our words, our lifestyle, how we treat each other in front of our kids because we don't want our kids to backslide. We want them to love Jesus. So our behavior in front of our kids, in front of the members, very important. The Bible commands us not to cause anybody to fall away from God. Is that right? Correct. Are you going to be that kind of person? You're going to be careful how you behave, how you make your face, facial expression, how you talk, how you spend money. You make a decision. I'm not going to make anybody, my friend, my relative, my co-workers, my classmates, my children, my wife, my husband, to backslide and to walk away from God. I will be the bridge to bring the people to God, not to kick people out into the cliff. I'm going to keep help people to come to God. But at the same time, we should not be stumbled because other people mistake. Who should, whom should we put our eyes on? Should we put our eyes on human? No. Oh, if you put your eyes on human, you're going to be disappointed. For sure. No perfect man and woman on earth. If you think that you're going to find a perfect church, when you get to that church, that church will be imperfect. <laughs> really? Because you are imperfect. You're going to bring imperfection into that church. Then the church is perfect. <laughs> there is no perfect church, no perfect pastor, no perfect preacher in the whole world. Only Jesus is perfect. Amen. Therefore, don't be stumbled by other people's behavior. Period. Your job is to keep your eyes on Jesus, Amen. our author and finisher of faith. Amen. Keep walking with him, following him, and you listen to his spirit, and his spirit says, stay in that church, stay there. And instead of going to church to be the consumer, what the pastor going to do for me? Why he doesn't smile at me today? Why she is not good to me today? Why, 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 why? I am a consumer. Do to me, 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 me. No, no, no. God tells you to be somewhere, that church, you go there. What can I bless you? Amen. What can I serve here? I have the gift. I'm going to be the contributor. I'm not a consumer. I'm not going to look at all of you. Hey, my eyes are not on you. My eyes are not on even pastor. My eyes are on Jesus. I'm going to serve my pastor. I'm going to serve people. Amen. Is that what Joseph did in the house of Potiphar and in jail? He keep his eyes on God. That's why God promoted him to be prime minister of Egypt because he did not criticize people. He did not touch people. He did not let people pull him down. He just keep going, going with God. Is that right? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Last one, First Kings chapter eleven, verses one to two. But King Solomon loved many foreign women, as well as the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites, from the nations of whom the Lord has said to the children of Israel, "You shall not intermarry with them." Nor they with you. Surely they will turn away your hearts after their gods. Solomon clung to this in love. In fact, I admit to you, I'm not sure I will see Solomon in heaven. He may be in heaven. No one knows. But we know one thing: at the end of his life, he completely backslid. He worshipped idols. What we learn from this story. No condemnation, please. I don't condemn him either. But the lesson we learn is this: number one, please make sure your close friends are strong believers. Amen. Your close friends should not be weak Christians or non-believers. You can be friend with non-believers. Don't take me wrong. I have a lot of doctors and nurse friends who are unbelievers. We talk, we laugh, but I'm not close to them. I'm close to only strong Christian who can help me to move on, to pull me up, not to push me down. Amen. Amen. For Ben, for Ben, <laughs> definitely you should find a godly woman to marry to. Anyone else? <laughs> Pastor Lima, where is she? <laughs> Pastor Lima, Pastor Dan, I was thinking that you should fly up to Seattle sometime. Yeah. I will introduce you to some young woman in my church. Yeah. <laughs> It's so funny today. We were having lunch, and then we talk about one of our members in the church. She is a A very good Christian American lady, and when I mention about her name, I and Pastor uh, May look at each other's eyes and like. <laughs> But maybe you don't have to go to Seattle. Maybe you can go to Los Angeles and find a very good young Christian woman there. Amen. You should look for people who love God. I and Pastor Dad will pray for you and Ben. <laughs> for those who marry already, I understand it's done, and you, God will show grace to you, and pray that <laughs> that your husband or your wife will help you to grow in God and lead you to God. Amen. <laughs> no condemnation, please. No condemnation. <laughs> Praise God. So we learn today. Number one, in conclusion, let us set a goal. How many people have goal in your life? Raise your hand up. I hope you have goal in your life. You don't just live day by day, like the song "Quesala, Sela, Whatever will be, will be." If you live like that, you will not finish anything. You need to set the goal. Amen. Amen. Set the 
financial goal, your profession goal, and your spiritual goal. When I was a young man, I said I'm going to finish my college and university, and I set my goal that I will manage financial situation very well, so that if I die, my wife will not have to beg money from anybody. She will have enough money to live on. That's my goal as a husband. And when I come to America, I study hard to finish my training as a neurosurgeon. I set my goal. But spiritual goal, I'm going to keep growing. I'm going to keep moving, progressing to become more like Jesus Christ. I will discipline myself. I will be like a boxer. I need to practice. Like what Paul said, practice. I discipline myself to have to go to finish, go to the finish line. To get the price, to get the rewards in heaven, I set the spiritual goal to grow up, to serve God, and to fulfill the calling of God in my life. I set the goal, and I keep moving and growing. But be careful; you need to let the fire of God clean your heart, because some of you may have some rocky soil in there. Some of you may have thorns inside you that cause you to stop. Growing. Therefore, this is why we need the fire. We need a fire to burn the junk out of you, so that you can be a good soil. The junk in your life, the thorns and the rock and all the dirty things in your heart need to be removed by the fire of God. Amen. And be careful. Don't let anybody cause you to stumble. And also make sure you have close, good Christian friend. You need to be in a good local church. You cannot run your race by yourself. You need people around you. If I have to drive one hour to go to good church, I will drive rather than going to a dead church. I rather spend one hour on the road, two hours on the road. Because I want to keep my spirit going. That's why we want to build a good church around the world, so that Christians can be in the good community, with on fire people, people who love God. And when you come to church, you get inspired, you get charged up. You say, "Yeah, I love God more." You don't want to be in a lukewarm church. You want to be on fire church. Yes. Amen? Amen. So that you keep growing and running the race. Amen? Amen. That's my goal. New Hope International Church must be on fire, church, full of the Holy Spirit, full of the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, Father, we thank you so much for teaching us, Lord, this message. Help us, Father, to keep growing, progressing, becoming more and more like Christ. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, Father, help us not to backslide, not to be stagnant in our life, Father. We thank you so much in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We trust that this message is ministered to you. 
If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty. Oh, Thursday.